Well, if I were her, I would have slapped you, but none of this is usable as an intro, by the way. What's that? I think we have to start scripting intros. Yeah. I... Like next time, write down ideas for good intros, because every time we do one, I, I don't like them. I've never liked an intro you and I have ever done. No, that'll suck. This is the Internet's Worst Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Logie S. Jarson, and with me here once again today is my brother, Lord Master of YouTube, also known as Thomas. Hello, Thomas. Hey, how are you, Loki Jarson? How you been doing these days? Tired as fuck. How are you? Uh, we're sending a squad up. Huh? Uh, Star Wars orbits. Oh, fuck. I should have caught that. Well, I'll cut that. Uh, I want to apologize, firstly, for the background noise, if you can hear that. That's my air conditioner. We've previously mentioned on the show that I live in South Texas, and it is currently hot as balls. So, it's staying on. Sorry. Especially for future recordings of any kind of possibilities throughout the summer. <clears throat> Keyword I mean, possible. I, I get, like, a soundproof booth or something, but that, that seems unlikely. Also, yeah, too much effort for this. Uh, what, what do you have on for today? Oh, about three completely different games. Uh, one of which that we kind of talked a little bit about, which I will plan on expanding more of, at least as far as recent experiences for me. Uh-huh. So, so the first thing I want to talk about is um, another one of those Oregon Trail derivative games. It's called uh, The Caribbean Sail. It's relatively new, I think. Uh, I've never heard of it. So it doesn't ring the bell, do you? Oh. So it's, this was released back on September of 2017, so that flew under my radar for years. So I can't recall how I discovered that game other than, um, I don't know, probably by complete accident or something when I was... You know how you do in the internet when you look up thing and then one thing leads to another and then another and then I found it. <laughs> okay, so I wouldn't say... First of all, two things. I don't know how to spell Caribbean apparently. I, oh, I, secondly, uh, when I was Googling that word, I just simply typed the and then Carib, Carib, and then it's like Caribbean. It's like, oh, it's E-A-N. You know what? It's not like the Oregon Trail. It's like the Oregon Trail. Yeah. Yeah, it sounded like that. I think that gives a better representation because, you know, the graphics are incredibly simplistic, like a mid-80s PC game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, the Caribbean sale is by developer and publisher called Victorian Clambake. Uh, let's see, have they done anything else? No, so in five years they've said, yeah, that's the one we've got. Yeah, uh, they've, as I said, it came out back in 2017, so it was in the beta, and it got out of beta about a couple of months ago. Hmm. That kind of happens a lot when you post games on Steam, right? They've been on beta for years until, well, they finally done it. Uh, uh, a little behind the scenes here. How much did you pay for this game? Because I'm looking at the Steam page. You paid this much? Yes, sir. Holy fuck, dude. It was on sale. Alright, describe to me how fun this game is. It better be fun. Well, I only played it once a couple of weeks ago, uh, where I spent about, oh, I don't know, 30 minutes... Uh, and then, just today, I want to spend more time on it, knowing we're going to be talking about this. Which I spent about a good hour on it. <laughs> Still trying to figure out what the hell am I doing? Other than a few basic survival tips. Because, <laughs> you know how in all these trail games, well, particularly the Oregon and Oregon trail, where it's you and your party members, right? Yeah. And you've got to get from this one place to the <coughs> other. And hopefully everybody reigns alive and healthy. Well, I would say it's a little more difficult than that. And, uh, and as far as, you know, the in-game, uh, story goes, that, 
they say that this old guy who was your father, it's like, here, take this letter to New York City. And mind you, this is set in the 1700s, during the golden age of piracy. Mm -hmm. And and so it's and and you start off in London, so basically you're an Englishman, and you know they don't give you much options in terms of okay, here's your starting occupation, and here's the ship that you're gonna buy to sail with, because if you want to buy better ships and want to start off with better occupations, play the game more, get your experience points up, and you level up, and then eventually you'll get to unlock more of the options. So is is this like Oregon Trail? I don't know about Oregon, but Oregon mm -hmm. is like a one-shot deal, right? Yes. Where? Okay, so it is. It's like this isn't a roguelike or anything oh, where you hold on. get uh, ship experience. Oh, hold on. Let me tell you. Uh, we've tracked that a bit. It's like yeah, it's one and done for Oregon Trail, but this is more replayable in the sense of it's like yeah, you got to do more in order to. I mean, the only way to gain experience is you make it from. It's like you set off from London. That's your starting place, right? Uh, already on the back foot. Mm -hmm. So I, earlier today, as I started London, I went to s do this little opportunity to get it off a tavern. Uh, what did I was like, here, deliver this letter to um, Iceland. What's the capital of Iceland? Do you remember the Reykjavik. name? Reykjavik. Yeah, deliver this to Reykjavik, Iceland. It's about a good thousand miles away, so have fun. <laughs> and... Uh, Along the way, I mean, I can tell you the experiences of so you can get an idea of what that game is like other than those random events you see in trail games. So, you, I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. You spot a whale, a ship is approaching, do you approach ship? Oh, Ask advice. Yeah, we, we approached a ship, and, and since we have a spyglass, an hourglass, um, a, a telescope, if you will. Um, uh -huh. I was just trying to find words that... <laughs> It says, they're flying the English ensign. And it's like, oh, it's our boys, all right. <laughs> and so um, we approached the said ship and met its captain there. And you can even talk to them quite a bit, which the dialogue is always random. Which the captain says things like, know any good recipes for cooking rats? And another one where he says, I grow weary of waking to my crew singing the same shanty every single morning. And long live whatever monarch is sitting on the throne. <laughs> and <laughs> good. Yeah, and I also played some liar's dice with him. I made a small wager because first time. So what you're saying is this is less Pirates of the Caribbean and more Master and Commander of the Far Side of the World. It in the background of the game at the beginning it said it was set after the end of the Spanish Succession Wars. I mean, in terms of like tone. Yeah. Something like that, Tom. Um, and so I played Liar's Dice of him, which I barely won because I had two dice left, if you're familiar with that game. Mm -hmm. It's been years, probably since 2017, since I last played Liar's Dice back in Red Dead Redemption 1. And Made famous by that one scene in Pirates 2, yes. Yes. We saw that in theaters, by the way, 2006. And, uh, and after we set off, and then we uh, spotted uh, Flotsam. In which, <laughs> in which for some reason, as soon as we met the the flotsam, the text popped up. It says, "This kicks brass monkey balls." Never mind about the seriousness of the tone, I guess. Uh huh. So we found some flotsam, and we retrieved a French flag. You know, natural enemies of the English. And so uh, we saw a, another ship, which is a Danish ship. I mean, again, we're on our way to Iceland. It's Danish territory at that time. Um, in which I'm like, it's like, I don't know about their relations with the English, but just in case, fly the French flag. And it's like, it's like, hey, we're friends, I guess, even though, um, well, here's the problem with that. We met the Danish captain who was obviously wearing a raincoat instead of a, you know, what a British army, you know, a British naval uniform looks like. And so, uh -huh. so we met this Capitanian or whatever is captain in Danish language in which he says, um, Good dog to the Capitan. Which, again, a Danish language, so they actually speak their native language in the game. Is there audio in this? Because this is all reading. No audio other than the little um, shanty music. Hmm. And uh, little sound effects of things that you do. Including, um, uh, and again, I talked that Danish captain a little more, which he even says, 
you don't speak Danish, do you? <laughs> and then we, and along the way, um, we did some fishing. I mean, there's two ways to fish in a game. If you have harpoons, you can carry about 20 of them, and you throw X amount of harpoons just to hit the fish. If you miss a fish with a harpoon, you lose a harpoon. If you hit that fish with a harpoon, you retrieve it back for reuse. That's one of the that ways to get a doesn't make sense, but okay. And if you got money, do the alternative. Buy a fishing net. Much more efficient. From who? Uh, um, off of the, uh, the store. At port. Store? Sometimes when you meet up with one of these ships, like, like the English and the Danish ships we've met, sometimes you can buy stuff off of them for trade. Okay. Because I was like, you're in the fucking Atlantic Ocean. There's no store. You're going to stop in at Fort Laramie and buy supplies. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I learned a pretty hard lesson about regarding fishing in the North Atlantic on the way to Iceland. Be fucking careful of narwhals. Because one of my party members or crew members, it's like as I was just like, okay, throwing fish in a harpoon, and then out of nowhere, a narwhal just jumps up like a bat out of hell, and then, and then off the screen, you see blood coming out. And I'm like, uh-oh. And the next thing it says, you're... Insert crew member named here was gored to death by a narwhal, and it sh and it shows the picture of burial at sea. So, for a quick second, I want to talk about the zeitgeist Oregon Trail has in gamers' minds, mm -hmm. because it started as an educational game in Minnesota, I believe, right? Yes, Mac. And some people, I know, I played it at a school. We're not going to talk about, but. I know I played a version of it, and it was unbearably boring. And, you know, years later, you and our other brother, Nick, who used to be on the show a long time ago, uh, played the Yukon Trail first, I believe, and I found this boring as fuck. But I was aware of the zeitgeist, even though I didn't know this word. So when you say Oregon Trail to someone, they're like, oh yeah, you have died of dysentery, because it's a meme at this point. Because that's all anyone remembers about the stupid-ass educational game, is the various stupid ways your character could die. What you delight in, may I add, once a month on your channel. So. By making it you know, as stupid as possible, uh, an enjoyable experience, because it really is supposed, allegedly supposed to be educational. But in your mind, you have this idea of, as, oh, it's just you die in horrible, stupid ways, and it takes a long time to get anything done. So when you see shit like the Oregon Trail, it's, it's just the same joke over and over. And now this game is like, well, is this just the same joke over and over? So, how do you feel about if one of your guys just got gored to death by a narwhal? Dun dun! <laughs> and anyways, when we finally got to uh, Reykjavik, um, we delivered a letter and it's one of the few ways to make money in the game. It's like you're delivering this letter to take it from one place to the other. Um, and the others do little activities, um, including... Uh, oh, and by the way, each time you travel at sea, your ship will pick up barnacles on your mm. hull, right? Sure. So when we took it to the dry dock, so one of the ways is to careen it. Yeah, that's C-A-R-E-E-N. Yeah, I know. You clean it. I, I saw Master and Commander the far side of the world. Uh-huh. And so, um, so when we did that, it says, All right, would you like to pay 56 pounds, currency in the game, to have barnacles scrapped off of your hull for you? And I'm like, oh no, that's too expensive. And then if you say no, and it says, well, have fun scrapping it off yourself. And you play that little game to scrap, scrape off every single piece of barnacle on your ship, which takes a little bit of time. You want the undercoating? We've refueled your gas tank. Yeah. Get your oil changed here at the dry dock. <laughs> yeah, and then... And I even went back to London um, after a trip there, which again, we're only just taking the ones that has the shortest distance, because going off uh, the whole ocean way, not suitable. Because there ain't no way you're going to keep your supplies refilled, and doubt you're going to keep using harpoons each time you fish to keep the food stocks up. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> and when we went to London, it's like, okay, any opportunities? I mean, you visit the tavern, it's like, okay, any opportunities? It's like, Hey, my ship's got barnacles. Do you want to scrape it off? And I'm happy to do more scraping. <laughs> oh, and before we even got to London, one of my crew members, uh, also again, just more of those random events. 
that as our food was getting low and he's like hey one of the crew members has been stuffing more food on themselves more than he should he needs to be punished <laughs> so, so you have your bosun whip him yep we flogged his ass great so and before you start flogging it shows the condition of your crew member it's like it starts over is fine until Flog a few times, and then flog again, flog again. Then you see deteriorating until I flog again until it says he is weak, and then that's when I stop. So he learned his lesson that he it says he glares at me, but swears to cause no trouble. Your crew are solemn for now, if not a bit belligerent. So you have to treat your crew well in order to avoid a mutiny. So don't go too harsh on it when things you know fuck up. And don't punish. Once again, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a very important question. Please think before you answer. Is this fun? <laughs> I'm sure the fun parts will come, and when I play more of it, <laughs> I'm sure it will come. Uh, oh, actually, there was an instance where we saw a uh, a Spanish ship, and I'm and I was flying the English ensign again, and I'm like, oh, I guess we're kind of good again since it's neutral due to. I mean, actuality, there's. You know, port relations screen. Whenever you're at port and then you go to one of the little screens that says port relations. Where mm -hmm. on my playthrough, it's just the relations such as English, Danish, Dutch, Spanish, French, and pirate. Every single one of them neutral. Nobody's friendly or hostile at the moment. <coughs> Except for that one Spanish ship, which it's like, okay, let's approach them. And it, it's like, hey, an English ship, open fire, and then shooting begins. And you play that little mini game where the shooting cannons and you have to return fire. And if you feel like you're outgunned, you can surrender and you may lose whatever. So have you made it to the Americas yet? Um, no, barely made it past to the Azores. So you know those islands? No. Which are Portuguese, it's mid-Atlantic. Well, not like mid-Atlantic America. Uh, anyways, it's, uh, so it's like, do not fight tough-looking guys if you're not on a sturdy ship like a galleon or brigantine, because size matters, and it'll probably sink you down. Uh, try to flee, and if you fail, then surrender. Or, die fighting like a real man, honorably. Well, you're not really a pirate in this, right? Uh, no, not really, um, not really. <laughs> it's just you, um... But however, if you have a sturdy ship and have enough cannons that could pretty much sink everything down, then maybe you can start, you know, being a pirate and such. In the sense of, let's sink the ships and pick up whatever flots and whatever crap that they got from there. Well, I guess that might be interesting. They made a couple of games like that from Ubisoft, but... Uh, it doesn't look fun to me at all. It looks exactly like the Oregon Trail, which is a big joke. Just the same joke over and over to me. <laughs> And or, or at the worst, it's like the worst parts of Oregon Trail, besides the fake education, is the resource management. And I've been bitched about resource management for like 20 years. I don't want to do it. Uh, and, um, and again, the ship that I, I was about to say rode on, we sailed on, um, is a uh, sloop. It's just a basic, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want bigger ships, we'll play more of it again. The whole, each time you make a port, that's how you get your experience. And among other things. Um, or you could start on hardcore mode and sail on a raft. A raft of a sail on it. So you'll get five miles and then drown because it's the fucking ocean. Plus all the crap you put in and the cannonballs and the cannon. Yeah. <laughs> so... Again, I'll be sure to play more of it, but if I'm ever going to do mo a video, a playthrough in that in the future, well, it's going to require a little more experience, so I don't have to, you know, be the kind of person who is inexperienced for such things. And not to Obviously. mention, make a lot of money so you can buy other stuff like medicine and apples, apples to keep it healthy and prevent scurvy. But you see going... Going back to this well again, like Oregon, Oregon Trail, just there's enough content here to keep going. Oh, yeah. Huh. All right. So, it sounds like, uh, again, it's been in beta for years, and they felt that, okay, we've done it. Yeah, looking at these screenshots, I can really see why it took five fucking years to make this pixel crap. Uh, no disrespect, but I ain't playing this. Huh. Otherwise, um, 
Uh, who knows, if I ever make it from one day, for some reason, sail from London to Shanghai, which you can go over there, um, which, which maybe I'll be like, I don't know, it's like, been there, done that, and... and it's I, not the Caribbean. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll be saying things like, he's either the best pirate I've ever seen, or, without a doubt, the worst pirate I've ever heard of. No, oh, you were looking to get that, 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 and I'm so glad we held on for that. No, I saw a screenshot of it. What else have you been playing? I'm violently moving on to the next topic. Well, let me take a drink. And it's not rum. Oh, it, never mind. Alright. But why is all the rum gone? I haven't considered this. Yeah, you can buy rum in the game. Um, anyways. <laughs> and, um, so, another game which, which has nothing to do with pirates. Or sailing ships, or traveling trail. I would say, considering the way you got it, I would say it has to do something with piracy. What kind of piracy? The digital kind. Oh, yeah, I got it now. Jeez. So, anyways, this other game I've been playing, which, um, which I would say it's like you manage about old game. Well, let, we're gonna go back a little older than that, like 18 years ago, in fact. <laughs> and it's fr and it's a tied in to a then ongoing television show at that time. Um, it's from that TV series Alias and the game I played is Alias, the video game. Did we ever talk about on air, I know you and I have talked about this off here, but how there used to be a ton of licensed games in the PS2, you know, GameCube, early Xbox era, and there are very few licensed games anymore at all. <laughs> but there were, there were, it was a swamp in that era. There were so fucking many. It was commonplace. Because they were cheap, and you wouldn't think they'd be cheap, because they were based, you know, if it was based off a movie or a show, they had to get some degree of the actor's likenesses. So tell me about this show before you t go to for another game. Yeah, we, I, we talked a little bit about Alias when we did a podcast, when we talked about uh, Black Widow, one of the Marvel characters last year, due to the relevance sure, of the said sure. movie. As well as the GTA videos I did way back when, which I'm still active on that a little bit. Oh, now, the Alias TV series, it's a spy action drama with a little bit of sci-fi in it. This was in the early 2000s on ABC, right? Yes, from 2001 to 2006. I can't really say if it launched the career of Jennifer Garner. Yeah. And and the rest of the cast members, including a then unknown Bradley Cooper, who was in that series. Oh yeah. Huh. I've never watched it because I can't be bothered. But this is one of your favorite shows. Uh, it's in my top five of all time. All right then. But so it but it's more of a impact on real life than anything else, for that matter. We don't need to talk about that. Of course not. Uh, so. Obviously, you know, you didn't start watching until years after it was off the air. Yeah, close so to ten years. you didn't know that years. there was a game. Huh? Yeah, close to ten years. So you didn't know that there was a game until, obviously, way later. So how did these... What, what led to you getting it? Well, actually, I first heard about the Alias video game when I was watching... When I got the DVDs for that TV series in, in 2012. And when I was watching season three on DVD, they would have these little um, trailer previews for upcoming shows or movies at that time, right? Sure. And one of which was the Alias video game. That's when I first became aware of its existence. <laughs> and did some more looking up on the internet, including little behind-the-scenes feature that was also in that DVD, um, which is in special features. Um, uh, so why did it take you so long to get the game? Is my point. <laughs> yeah, just one, just one on one more little thing. Um, that there was even a little video, including an image on the internet. Um, obviously Google it. Um, where there's a picture of Jennifer Garner herself playing as Sydney Bristle, her character, um, while she's playing on her PlayStation Two. That's, I believe that's what the genre was around that time. Tells for that uh -huh. correct? Yeah. Yes. Even though I played the PC version of it. Um. And and Jennifer Gardner there on that little featurette, she was playing it like a maniac. It's like, I yeah, man, I make so much money of it. So it's fake playing, <laughs> like they do, like people do in TV and movies. No one who actually plays games, you know, if you do, then you know how to not look like a doofus. 
you know, we've seen a million movies and commercials where people are just putting their hands all over the control like it's doing anything. Yeah, and that actually triggered a slight memory. There was a little scene in the series itself where, where Sidney Bristol was playing some video game. They didn't show it on TV, but it did have a, I believe it was a PlayStation controller um, with a friend of hers in which she did say to the lines like, do this thing, and then I'm going to kick your ass in that video game. Just, again, mashing all the buttons, because that's how that works. Yeah, she wasn't a big uh, gamer girl type. No, it's just it's just early season stuff. Uh, it's just marketing, I think, for the game. But uh, I knew about the show, you know, obviously through commercials, and, you know, J.J. Abrams, all that crap. But I, I didn't care. But I knew about the game, too, for even longer, because uh, a little video, a little TV history. There used to be a show, I don't care if it's still on the internet, there used to be a show called... Uh, GameSpot TV. Then they changed the name to Extended Play, and then they changed the name even further to X-Play. This was on the... At first it was, what, ZDTV for Ziff Davis, the magazine company. Then it was G4 Tech TV. Oh, there was Tech TV, then G4 Tech TV, then they just moved it to G4. Fucking whatever. All that background. So I have the vaguest of vague memories of an episode of X-Play where they reviewed this game, and obviously they did not give it a high score. So I have kind of still images in my head if I concentrate really hard in an old episode, but it didn't stick in there. So, all that intro, how does it play? How does it play? Yeah. Well, since it's a PC version, um, it's obviously quite different than what it might look like, um, at least graphically, as compared to the PlayStation 2 at that time. I would imagine the PC visuals are actually sharper. Oh, oh and it was also available on the old Xbox, too, the original Xbox. Yeah. So, yeah, the game came out in 2004. I mean, for PlayStation and Xbox, it, was, it came out on the 7th of April, whereas for Microsoft Windows, it was on June 17th of 2004, which at that time, I believe, Season 3 was airing at that time. Um, and, uh, and the game is set between Episodes 19 and 20 of Season 2. Okay, I, I have no context for that, but fine, go ahead. Yeah, otherwise I could be talking about this series all the live long I day if I want to, but really there's other podcasts that, that review that stuff. I'd really prefer you didn't do that. <laughs> but anyways, uh, it's a third-person stealth action video game, in which at that time um, it was developed by Acclaim Studios, um, which... <laughs> um, which it was actually the last game being developed by them before their closure. <laughs> this bankrupted them? Yes. Those poor fuckers. So, again, it was developed by, but it was still published by Acclaim Entertainment. But it was Acclaim Studios. Um, Cheltenham is the one that's... Germany. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was one. And uh, one of the writers... Uh, I mean, the plot was written by Breen Fraser, and J.J. Abrams had a hand of writing the plot of uh, of the story for that game. Because, uh -huh. you know, it was still his baby. Okay. As he was so in the, this isn't quite lined up at the same time. Do you remember the James Bond video game Everything or Nothing? I don't think I played that. But you remember Nick or I playing it? A little bit. It was kind of a third... It was the, Because every previous Bond game had been a first-person shooter, and this was the first one. It was like third-person stealth action, and it sucked dick. Is it anything like that? Like, how much hiding versus shooting people are you doing? I mean, at the moment when I started uh, playing that, I thought, like, my presumption was going to be a little more like Splinter Cell, in which I thought the earliest video game predates Splinter Cell, or came around at the same time. I was incorrect. Oh. Uh, yeah, you're way off. Yeah. <laughs> 2004 that time, Pandora Tomorrow came out that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never played Alias the game, but I can guarantee you Pandora Tomorrow, the weakest of the series, is the is a better game. Uh -huh. So, yeah, the, obviously um, the plot of that just involves, you know, again, it's set between episodes 19 and 20, which means a lot happened in it, which means she was far more active, and you gotta be missed no days off. So, again, I've never seen the show, but as far as I'm aware, it's like, okay, the whole point of the Alias thing is that you're a different person. It's like, put on this wig, now you're this person, right? That's what she is most famous for. So do you do any of that in the game, or again, is it just shooting dudes? Um, 
So on the first mission, you start off with a disguise, and uh, it's like, okay, I want you to go over there, do this little thing, and then tell... It's like, okay, wait for this person to pass. Now go into that back room. And so um, there's two ways of sneaking around. You either toggle or hold the crouch button, or whichever you put on your keyboard, um, or stealth mode, which is just basically picture yourself standing, but you bend your knees and crouch down slightly, but not like all the way down to like table height. Well, she's gonna wear heels. Yeah, until uh, until I went to this one room where it's like, hey, switch your disguise to your stealth outfit, uh, because one of the things what are you is keeping it in your fucking handbag. Magic. <laughs> yeah, magic. Um, and uh, and the stealth outfit it just basically serves its purpose, including in one little thing because it went to that little freezer room, and it says it helps you keep warm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's one of the things. And uh, the combat in the game, I would say, from my experience, is, uh, again, first time for everything. It's a little clunky. No shit. Um, there's only, like, two ways to attack. L like, you hit space, which is quick attack. And then you hit the, um, the alt key, the left alt key, which is special attack. Like, if you're on a certain area like say if you're by uh, an object or a um, a wall that she would perform a, a badass move like she would do a flip oh like she step up on the wall and and flip over the guy in order to kick or punch her from behind it sounds a lot like the Catwoman game which is <laughs> based on the Halle Berry terrible movie it was also terrible for different reasons <laughs> and also you can use objects uh, even picked up a wine bottle one time and whacked the guy even you break it and you could still hit him with that broken bottle instead of stabbing with it lovely yeah so there's like shooting um haven't shot anyone yet but there were a few armed guards i did deal with including picking up a a big ass broom to whack a guy with it <laughs> it was this great stealth spying you got there sydney yeah, and don't get detected by security cameras. It's not a failed mission. That means, well, that means you're going to fight some more. So there's no penalty then? Just don't get killed. So you haven't beaten yet is what you're telling me. Uh, no, that one requires a little more time. And also, you cannot save where you stand. you got to save at little save points, especially if you see it hovering with the letter S on it. S hasn't saved. Obviously. So, uh, would you qualify this game as fun? It doesn't, it, it seems jank as fuck well as a myself being a huge fan of that series and still am to a degree to this day and if i put a little more time on it uh, and memorize everything maybe i think it'll be a little more fun than than the first time we should mention you got this through i assume one of those websites that's like look this is a band where nobody's selling it anymore so it's technically not illegal for you to download it yeah got off of abandoned where there's no way you'll find mm -hmm. that on steam um and uh, one little thing, um, prior to the acclaimed release, they actually, uh, by they, I mean ABC Television produced a downloadable episodic video game for PC and Mac entitled Alias Underground, which was available through ABC's website at that time, developed by the now defunct company named Dream Mechanics, which was a, just like with the game, it's a 3D third person stealth action game, like the acclaimed production. Even though it's got lower production values and each level of the game was produced as an individual episode and released on a monthly basis during a second season between 2002 to june of 2003 and some levels resembled episodes from that tv series so about this thing i want to wrap it up here on this uh as far as budgetary who's actually in the game i assume Garner's likeness. Did they get her voice? Uh, every single cast member who appeared in that TV series, their voices landed in in that game for all of their Astonishing. likeness. Astonishing. And uh, that's, where, that's where all the budget went. Yes. Um, and they got the same composer for that series too to do the music. Victor Garber requires a hefty fee to say dumb lines. Um, unless you're thinking of Kevin Weisman, he's the, you know, the, yeah, the guy with the big forehead. Yeah. Nobody remembers him from doing yeah, anything. Yeah. However, it's only him. As uh, Marshall J. Flinkman and uh, Carl Lumbly, who played as Marcus Dixon, those likenesses have the best-looking likenesses graphically, as far as I'm concerned with the game. The rest are a little uncanny. 
we've I've played a surprising amount of licensed games in my time, and recently I played a licensed game. I don't think I want to get into it on this episode, but it's an interesting thing when you pay for, if you base it off a real person, right? You have to pay that real person. But if you don't use that real person's voice, you pay them less. Otherwise, so, you're going to get somebody else, right? Yeah, or you might as well get somebody else. Like, like, uh, do you remember the other James Bond games, Age Under Fire and all that shit? That was not Pierce Brosnan. That was just some British dude. Huh. It looked kind of like Pierce Brosnan if you squint, but it sounded nothing like him, so they didn't have to pay him. So, you know, when they made everything or nothing, it's like, oh shit, it's Pierce's face and voice. We gotta pay him. Yeah. And then they went to Craig, and it's like, well, we gotta pay him. Yeah. And subsequently, the, the games with Pierce and Craig were fucking terrible because they spent so much money on the actor. Yeah. And, uh, and if you remember from an older podcast we did years ago when we talked about Star Wars Battlefront 2, they only had three of the actual cast members um, that voiced their characters. Who? Uh, yeah. Oh, one is obviously um, Billy D. Williams is Lando. Oh, okay, sure. Because nobody could do it like him. And, and, and since we're talking a little bit about for two regarding voices, uh, Captain Phasma, that was voiced by uh, Gwendolyn Christie. Sure. Yeah. And uh, Ray was voiced by Daisy Ridley herself. In the game? No way. Yes, that was her. Did she affect the voice that doesn't sound anything like her? Well, there's a difference between, you know, um, saying your lines in a movie as compared to saying your lines in a studio. There shouldn't be, if you're any good at being a voice actor. We don't have time in this episode, but there's, there's a huge rift of, you know... You see this in, like, Disney movies and fucking Pixar and crap. It's like, oh, we got a famous person to do this voice. It's like, are they a voice actor or are they, a, you know... A visual actor. Are they a person that's on screen? So, a lot of times movies and a few games, you know, think, like, if we get a real actor, quote-unquote, it'll be better. And it's like, it, I guarantee you it won't. You should have sent one to someone who specializes in voice acting, who only does that. But that's an argument for another time. Yeah. And speaking of Disney-owned properties, <laughs> we've talked about this, I think, twice already, but you've been playing even more of Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, this time I have a much more enjoyable experience, uh, now that I have plenty of experience of it. Did I say experience twice? Go on. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I did spend more of the, uh, the first campaign. Which is story reassemble, right? Sure. And then I did some of the second campaign featuring Kate Bishop. Mm-hmm. Where she can suddenly teleport, and we don't really explain why. No, that doesn't bother me because it's all just, it's all self-contained in the in original story. Just go with it. Yes, and, and then time travel, which really fucks with shit. Well, that's more of a you thing than anything else. Oh. And, 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 so yeah, I was just doing more of that stuff. Um, it's like, yeah, did this, and uh, we're doing some of that. But I've been on hold with doing any more of the story missions as of the last two weeks. Uh, before I decided to take a break on Miles Avengers before this time of recording. Anyway. But in between, in some of the actions, I've recorded about 12 videos from that game. Mm. But these are all 30 sec, mostly 30 second videos, you know. Something funny or wacky happens. Because it's, it's, the combat, I think, while enjoyable, can get a little jank. Because there's a lot going on at any time. Uh-huh. Like every fight is chaos fight. Yes. Uh, it's like even sometimes you may encounter glitchy enemies because they keep falling through a part of a map where you can't get them or, no, or none of your guys can get them, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's happened once or twice. Like, typically, if it's a if it's a part of the game where you have to eliminate everybody to move on, I would usually like run away or restart. I mean, it's not that huge a deal. Yeah, had this one boss medal with... Uh the future Taskmaster, the one that's set in the Wastelands. Um, oh, you mean the Taskmaster that's just a guy instead of fucking mind control? Yeah, great. Anyways, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that thing. <laughs> uh, where it's like, yeah, we had a boss battle and, and kind of kicked my ass a little, even when we were three to be, quarters To be fair, that in, in that Taskmaster fight, because it's repeatable, in that fight, he can go briefly invisible. Yeah. There was a glitch where he went invisible and never came back. 
And uh, it's cheating. Yes, and I mean it didn't attack us. It was just stuck there. It just stood there. Took it like a champ every single blow. It took minutes, nearly five minutes, but hey, what works, what works, as you would say. Yeah. Not those exact words, but you get my meaning. Sure. <laughs> but the majority of the missions I was doing, um, it's it's not only whatever b little boss fight is because you know those assignments for the uh, those two factions, the shield and the uh, sure Inhumans, yeah, the human. Like every other live service game, they've got daily and weekly challenges. Especially for certain characters, their daily and weekly challenges. Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing that as well. And, uh, so that's what I've been doing those last two weeks. I was ambitious, as I tend to be. Where you set Sir, your goal you and you do it. have done any hive missions, Mr. Ambitious? <laughs> well, they haven't come up to me yet. That doesn't make any sense. You should have unlocked them already, having done the story. Uh. I, I would help, but, again, I have a... Hey, guess what? It's about to be June when I publish this. You got a Series S at Christmas. It's still in the box. I have a Series X. And on Series X, it the uh, Avengers is over 120 gigabytes. And I can't, I can't, I cannot. Yeah. So I cannot help you because that game is just too fucking large. I can't believe it's it's still large. It's not like Battlefield. It's not like Battlefield or uh, Call of Duty levels of hard drive destroying, but it's huge. Huh. But I believe Call of Duty Warzone takes the kick of having the most data in any other game. I know, but you can't, like, get it separately. I mean, you can get Warzone separately. Well, let's say you buy the Modern Warfare, which is about to, the Modern Warfare remake, reboot, that's about to have a sequel this year. Yeah, two. But if, if, I'm saying, if you buy that game, it comes with Warzone. You can't get it, you can't un-get Warzone. Right. Um. <laughs> Anyways. So, again, uh, it's not only the little boss battles, it's just one of the assignments, but also those shield vault missions that I've been doing a lot of. And the majority of the clips that I've recorded were from from those at that time. Especially when I'm playing either as Black Widow and, or Kate Bishop, which Kate Bishop is my most played character so far. And that's the one I believe that one's my favorite character to play as. Sure, fast, mobile, does an okay bit of damage. Especially this little combination I like to do. You know how uh, one of the, the abilities that Kate does where she would shoot these little explosive arrows that you could set off any time, right? That you just plant sure. about three or four onto the guy, right? Mm -hmm. So I would, you know, do four of that and then shoot one more of the little smoke arrows so I could expose an impact and the smoke and it'll cause damage, right? Sure. So I just, again, I just put four explosive arrows on him, and then here's one more for the smoke, and then as it takes damage, and then you self-explosive just to add even more damage, which makes it more susceptible to having getting a takedown. I guess. I never found those uh, timed explosions very useful. <laughs> I Hawkeye, has a variant. Hawkeye has a variant of those two, and I was like, why would I want... Here, here's the logic. I'll tell you exactly what it is. So you can have shoot a guy, or you can shoot a guy and it'll do damage later? That's basic, the basic principle. Why would I want to do damage later when I can do damage now? I just... I was raised on the school of thought of this part of combat where you set him up and then you knock it down. Like, we're just setting it up and then here comes the knockout blow. You can get several small knocks that will eventually knock him down as well. Uh, do you remember Goldeneye? Let's go all the fucking way back to N64. They had <laughs> proximity mines and remote mines. And timed mines. Yes, but those last two were terrible to use, and proximity mines were the best, because you, they would be off instantly. You just throw it at a guy, ah, he explodes, instead of waiting or waiting for you to press a button. Same principle. Just shoot him with a damn arrow. Why do you need to blow him up later? Because I just find it a little more fun that way. <laughs> a little more satisfying, I think I should say. So you've been doing a lot of shield bolt missions. Those have good rewards for the amount of things you have to yeah. do in them. The reason I mentioned I was ambitious because at that time, um, you know those shipments, like especially on a week or a month, especially month, they change monthly. It's like, hey, you want to unlock this cool looking outfit for this character? Well, work sure. for it. Get up to 25,000 credits. That's what I've been doing those last two weeks. 
You've still not paid for any credits in this game, right? No. Good, so that, take that, everyone on the internet who says you have to. Fuck you, I didn't either. Actually, that's not true. I did for one. But uh, I'd have to look up what it was. But I didn't pay much. I mean, it was like $5. It was just a small little cosmetic or a takedown you wanted? No, I don't buy takedowns. I buy costumes. Because that's the, that's the point of the thing, right? I mean, like, you know, we've talked a lot about this before. And Sizzy's a little annoyed with us talking about it so much because he didn't like it. But, you know, it, it's a little jank. It's a little broken. It's maybe not... I say it's way better than it was at launch. Having played it at launch, let me tell you, the game in its current state orders better. But the appeal is to be Marvel Heroes beating up dudes. I mean, that's it, right? There's nothing beyond that. You don't need things beyond that. Yeah, and that's what... It, it doesn't need to be a Batman Arkham Knight where you're, you know, spend 30 hours in stealth and, you know, a heavy story and all this crap. Just Sometimes you just want to beat dudes up. Yeah, uh, that's that's sort of the reason why I recorded a bunch of clips of these, especially if it's cool looking. <laughs> like, there, especially those two little clips I've made that I've posted on my channel since then, where, uh, where I was playing as Black Widow, where I used that high caliber pistol and decided to snipe enemies with it from afar. And so you could hear that little shot, and then until you hear a noise, which is a headshot to one of the enemies, particularly the weaker ones. Um, which it's a, it's is kind a great of gun because it has no drop-off. Yeah. <laughs> and did the same thing with uh, Kate Bishop um, as well. Just snipe enemies from afar with that. Uh, that's what I was doing in, uh, during the last few of the uh, Shield Bolt missions whenever I have time or haven't done a video, then I want to do this little thing. Hmm. I still say the best place to level up your dudes is Hives. And also, and if you want to put your time in and knowing if you're going to spend a lot of time on that game, be sure to use those consumables, especially those double XP ones. Well, they give them out all the time because they want people to play the game. It's dwindling. Square Enix, is this where we're going to transition to the Square Enix part? Uh, almost. I just want to tell you one little thing um, from the recent experience. I mean, obviously I mentioned Black Widow, Kate Bishop being two characters I've played as the most... Uh, Especially with Kate, and and as well as I've taken a few screenshots of the said characters using that photographer mode and shared it with some of my friends on the internet who are into that stuff about as much as you are. Well, I'm not into... I'm into the uh, Marvel here side of things. The game, you know, I had my fun. Maybe. I keep saying maybe, and it's like, when they learn to shrink the damn file size, I'll go back. <laughs> but, um... Uh, I don't. I don't take photos ever in any game ever. I don't bother. Because I was well, whereas um, I've been doing that for years. I know, but you weren't a semi-professional photographer, and I was. Were you paid? I, sometimes that's why I said semi-professional. I'm just nodding my head. In case you were Thank wondering. Thank you. I'm so glad you said that out loud. Because I, I was like, oh shit, did we lose him? No, I'm just nodding my head in approval. Is that what you had? Yeah. Okay, so Square, in between the last show and the one we did, uh, Square Enix sold off basically all of its western, not all, but most of its western properties to Embracer Group, which is a weird, you know, overlord group name, but that's what they're called. They sold the Thief series, Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, and like Legacy of Kane or some other thing that hasn't been used in forever. Um... But for now, they're keeping the Marvel stuff, which is the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers. It's up in the air because this deal is finalized as to whether or not Embracer Group will also get those games. And, and to be clear, they've got the game properties, not the studios that made them. So they didn't buy, you know, Montreal or Square Enix Montreal. and They didn't buy uh, Crystal Dynamics. That, that's not what happened. They bought the licenses for those games. So any future game, Tomb Raider, won't be Probably, well, I don't know that it will be, excuse me, won't be made by Crystal Dynamics. But it won't be published by Square, for sure. Um, so the future of the Avengers game is kind of up in the air. But also in between when we last talked about it, they've announced a new hero. As uh, female Thor, Jane Foster. Uh, for this upcoming movie, the Thor movie. I assume a tie-in. I'm going to assume she's not going to look look or sound anything like Natalie Portman. I was going to say, they're not going to have her likeness. That was no fucking way. Li again, licensed games are different than they are than they used to be. But uh, 
I assume since they've already announced it and we've had, you know, screenshots, that's going to happen at some point in this future, so that's going to at least happen. How much more after that, we, we still don't know. Square Enix has made some baffling decisions in terms of, like, their live service games. And when we say live service, we mean a game that you pay for after you've already bought it. In this case, it's like buying credits to, you know, unlock titles. or I don't know why you spend money on titles or takedowns. But buy different outfits. And for superheroes who have had, you know, what, 70-some-odd years of existence, they're going to have... Well, Marvel specifically only had, like, 50. Uh, they're going to have a lot of varieties of, of outfits because they've... That's just the way it is. You know, in the Batman Arkham games, Batman's got, like, 20 suits because it's been around a long time. They change artists, they change ideas. And it's like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to play, you know, Thor in his Beta Ray Bill suit or, you know... Captain America without a shirt, if you're into that sort of thing. So, I see the appeal, but I also understand the other side of not wanting to pay for an in-game currency to unlock that thing. Like those units that I worked uh, my way up to get a shipment. I forgot to tell you that little part. As it's 25,000 credits. It's not how much, that's exactly how much it costs. It's just more of how much you're going to spend because you have to spend a hundred of these to unlock the, the, the item of the month. The, the, the outfit of the month. My only real problem with the outfit stuff, and I see this as a problem in other games that let you change clothes, it's like, okay, how long am I going to wear this? It's like, okay, I'm going to dress like an idiot for, I guess, the next mission, and then I change afterwards, or, like, forever? Uh, you know, how long is Thor going to be in this dumb blue shirt? It's like, well, like, I paid in-game credits for it, I guess I kind of owe myself to wear it around it's like eh. yeah it's the same thing in gta how often do you change clothes in gta for me it depends on what area i'm in and what mood i'm in okay i guess it's like real life in real life i only have like nine shirts because i don't really care about clothing all that much in real life but in a video game where you can dress up your rpg character it's like all right i'm gonna wear this outfit for this mission all right now we're changing it up so I understand we're not wanting to pay real money for that sort of thing, but yeah, you don't have to. As to the future of the game, I don't know. I, I, my biggest hope is that they shrink the size. If they keep adding more heroes and more costumes and Square Enix continues to support it financially, who knows where it'll go. If they continue to decide to not say this is a sunk cost fallacy and we're just done, then I hope it does get sold and somebody else picks it up. Because there's great potential in this game and... If it wasn't a live service, it could have gone further, I think. Yeah. Hmm. So last time we talked, uh, well, last time we had a show. Yes. I've, I don't remember how this got around, but we started talking about old racing games I played because yes. it's one of the things we never talk about on this show. Oh, uh, because... Um, the Nobody other else plays them, yes. Yeah. None of the other co-hosts play racing games at all. And I, I was thinking, it's like, well, what do I want to talk about this week? It's like, oh, you brought your Ford yourself. It's like, you know what? Here's another thing that I always wanted to talk about on this show, and I never have, because nobody else plays this, really, is fighting games. I can't say I love fighting games as much as I love racing games, but only because I'm much worse at fighting than I am at racing, if that makes sense. But I've never played a racing game online, but I have played many fighting games online, and that's a horrible experience. Mm. If you're ever feeling too good about yourself and you really want to depress yourself, play a fighting game online. You'll want to die. Unless somebody's got a different mindset like I do. I guess. When's the last fighting game you played? On the oh. fucking GameCube? Oh, God. Um, probably... Soul Calibur 2? No. That's a little more recent than that. Um, Soul Calibur 4. Xbox 360. Oh, yeah, the one with Starkiller. Yeah, you got that right. And Yoda, I believe, yes. right? Yes, I'm Yoda was in that play version. PlayStation and Darth Vader. Uh... That was kind of a lousy game. You know what? Like, two we have great fond memories of because it was not our first, but we didn't have many fighting games in the GameCube. Yeah, but and anything older than that must have been found on arcades like a Mortal Kombat or something. Well, I, I don't remember owning any, but I know we, I, Nick and I played them on Jerry's Super NES, and I think we rented one of the Mortal Kombat's on the Genesis because the Super NES version didn't have any blood, and the Genesis version did. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, after that, like, when we got the PS2, it's like, okay, cool, now we're going to get Immortal Kombat Deception and Armageddon, that's all the fighters. And, uh, 
you know, going forward from that. Uh, oh, there's other ones. But like Soul Calibur 2, we had on the GameCube because it had a link, and that was funny at the time. Yeah. Uh, whereas three was on the yeah, the other two are the other two versions. Oh, yeah. There was uh, on the Xbox version had Spawn, which I played at college, let me tell you, terrible. And the PlayStation version had Hachi Mishima from Tekken, which is also terrible, but for different reasons. Anyways, so then PlayStation 2 comes out and we get Soul Calibur 3, and it's a it's an much worse game. Yes, yeah, that was one of the reasons it was worse, also because it had a weird strategy game in the middle of the story mode. Yeah, Chronicles of the Soul or the Sword, whatever that is called. I never <laughs> did it. They're all dumb names. The latest one in 6 is called Soul, Libra of the Soul. It's like Library of Soul. It's like, oh, it's so dumb. What the hell? Um... But anyways, you, you and Nick had a like, huge drop-off from that, and I kind of kept going because, you know, for all its faults, I really like Mortal Kombat. I certainly like it more than, let's say, the more popular one, Street Fighter. Street Fighter's a fucking pain in the ass. Street Fighter... Here, here's the thing about fighting games, right? Yeah. I like punching dudes, as I've mentioned before. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to hit a guy. You just want to punch a guy, and it makes you feel better. But sometimes you get punched back, and you don't feel as good. I understand this is basic psychology. Well, what are you going to do about it if you can punch back? you got to hit him back. That's the point of fighting. Get up and fight. Yes. Be a stand-up guy. Here's, but here's the thing. I have two fundamental flaws in fighting games, and then I refuse to change. Is one that I refuse to pick a main. When we're playing, like, Smash Brothers Melee or whatever. Oh, shit, yeah. I forgot to mention about Super Smash Bros. we played back in the... Yeah, that was more a Knicks game. Uh, or, you know... Tekken or Street Fighter, it's like you gotta pick all one guy. You're gonna get w- good with the one character, and I I don't like that idea. That's for I think competitive that's really stuff. Stupid. I know, but people are competitive. Having played fighting games online in Mortal Kombat 11 and Tekken 7, both of which I 100%ed, it must be noted, which means I had to play online. Um, I don't like the idea of having to get good with only one because it's a roster of 30 people. You got 30 people on that roster, you're going to pick one person to play all the time? That's horrible. But you're depriving yourself of experience. The second thing that prevents me from being good at fighting games is my refusal to press the block button. Hmm. I'm more likely to press a block if in, like, Soul Calibur and Mortal Kombat, there's a block button. You press this button, this button will block. What bullshit, like, Tekken and Street Fighter, I don't think Tekken, Street Fighter for sure does is back. And Injustice, I think, does this too. It's awful. I don't like holding back because I'm always moving forward. I'm always going towards my opponent. Now I have to tap backwards to block. That's not a block button. That's a block direction. And I hate that shit. So I never do it in the games that it's required. So I'm always going to get punched. (laughs) I much prefer to be in the offensive than the defensive. I guess is the point I'm trying to make here. Uh, Offense is the best defense. That sounds like you're fighting one-on-one. Well, to me, yes, but that's why I've never gotten good at these sorts of things, because, you know, I, I don't want to learn the mechanics. In a racing game, I can understand the racing line in the apex, and it's like when to down, when to shift gears, and, you know, when to speed up, versus when to slow down, when to take the outside line. I understand those things through playing, but, like, frame data, and, like, canceling, and, you know, cross-ups, and, you know, forward punches versus middle punches, it's like, oh, I can't give a shit! I can't care about all that minutiae. I just want to hit people. And Rand memorize the combos. God, fuck no. If I want to look at a combo, I'm going to pause the game because I'm playing offline. Look it up. It's like, this, this, this. Okay. Aha, I did it. Sweet. But memorizing that? Absolutely not. I refuse. How do you... I play games to have fun, not to have a job. Where is that? my shit. Yeah, but you don't play fighting games, so what do you know? Nah, I can grow out of it. (laughs) I haven't grown out of it. I just, I just, I don't play them online because it's soul sucking. Tekken Seven, which I hundred percented, I must, I want to keep repeating this. There's a part where you have to play in what's called the tournament, so it's not just one other guy. It's you know a bracket, and it was double elimination, which means I had to lose twice. I don't have to win the tournament. I have to play the tournament. The problem with the tournament format is all fighting games are well, there are a couple of team fighters, but it's still a one person versus another person, right? Mm-hmm. So, in the tournament bracket, you're waiting out other people's fights. So I'm sitting there watching two other strangers somewhere in the world on the internet fighting. And it's like, wow, this sure is uh, boring as hell. Which is the other thing. Hold on. I mean, don't you get spectator mode? 
Yeah, but I don't watch it. I don't like watching people play fighting. It's the other thing. It's like, you know, Evo and Capcom Cup and all this other crap. And, you know, when I went to PAX South, there was like Melee Tournament or some shit. It's like, this is so boring. Well, it, it is the that's because you believe in the same way as watching some person live stream rather than try to learn something of what the other guy's doing and make sure you don't fall a mistake that he wants you to do. It's almost Kinda, like I'm giving just, you advice like a coach. I think it is more of what I, I've said this before on the show. I'd much rather play a game than watch someone play a game. And I understand that literally both of my brothers are content creators where they play video games. I get that. But I'd rather play them for my personal benefit than play them for an audience. Like, I'll do this podcast for an audience. If somebody listens, great. If you don't listen, I don't fucking care. But I don't want to play a game for someone else. Because to me, that feels like work. If I'm playing a game, I'm doing it to have fun for myself. And I don't want that to be a shared experience. So I don't take that same shared experience. You know, I'm not watching a fighting game tournament. If you see me in here and I'm watching some damn YouTube thing of somebody playing a game, it's background noise. I'm just doing it while I play games because I need to be, you know, fucking I have ADHD. I need to be doing two or three things at once. Then my videos are perfect. The other reason I really love fighting games is because lots of shit can happen at once. That's because you thrive on chaos. I really do. I like when things happen. And when they happen constantly because it's interesting as opposed to nothing happening. It's like, okay, we're going to play our sailing game and we're going to go slowly across the Atlantic. Dun-dun! Narwhal attack. I was like, ugh. <laughs> Coming back to the fucking narwhal. I even left a message on a bottle. What'd you say? Send them out on SOS, repeat times 20? No, it says, narwhal kicked my ass. Stabbed your ass. Anyways... I bloody love fighting games, even if I'm terrible at them, I get very easily frustrated. I was like, well, fuck this, I'm never playing this again, uninstall, and then, you know, a couple weeks later, come back to it. But, uh, I don't really have, like, a preference, you know, I'll play anything, you know, Mortal Kombat, Dead or Alive, Tekken, obviously, uh, a bunch of other crap, just whatever. There's a lot of fighting franchises out in the world. Can't get Plenty into most stuff. of them because I'm just, you know, not something that I want to get myself sucked into. Well, it's, it's, we have diff that's the point of this show, isn't it? We have differences of play styles. Like, I like fighting and racing, and you like thinking. <laughs> a thinker, not a fighter, as the old saying goes. Yeah, I guess. A thinker, not a stinker. Uh, that, that's all I had to say, though. I really love them, and we never talk about them, because, you know, there's not a lot to talk about. They're not real deep. Unless you play competitively, which I do not. Otherwise, we're just going to be talking out of our asses by memories and experiences of it. Which, of course, was this was... the title of this episode. Of course, this is before the days of video recording and all that. And when you mentioned my videos... As be oh, I don't think you should just mention videos in general. Um, Where you said it's background noise. My videos are perfect for background noise for anybody. <laughs> is that really how you want to market yourself, dude? If people were watching, you know... Grand strategy games videos of mine, it's like, yes, they're time-consuming, and they're about as long as your average movie. So that's perfect background noise if you want to veer off because of my manner of speaking. Also because you read all the text. Yes. That's, that's why I thought it would suit you. And where can people find these videos? At the, uh, the Lord Master channel, of course. That's L0RDM... A-S-T-A. Great. I just, slide, I just slid the keyboard towards me just to memorize the keys. It's in your fucking picture here on Skype. Wasn't looking at it. I was looking up something else. It's on YouTube. Uh, I, of course, am on Twitter. At You had anything else? I'm wrapping this up. Do I have anything else to say? Yeah, I'm wrapping this up. Yeah, um, regarding my upcoming projects or things? Oh, yes, or? of course, of course. Yeah, because we didn't do that at the last show, which I don't mind because... Well, frankly, I forgot, and I just forgot right now, so do it. Well, of what people should be looking forward to seeing on my Lord Master YouTube channel is... Yes? Um, is there's an upcoming uh, Crusader Kings uh, DLC, which is called Fate of Iberia, which, of course, by that time of recording, it would be already out by then. Yeah, this will be, like... First weekend of June or something. Yeah, it, it'll already be out by then. Um, 
and I plan on doing a video series from Serial Kings 3, even though it's not going to be set at the area where the DLC is based in, but instead over on the other side of the world, in the uh, Tarim Basin region in modern-day northwestern China, where where I am most likely going to be doing a series as the Tokarians, lesser-known minority culture, of course. One of the Because that's your specialty. Yeah, one of the peoples of the Silk Roads, the natives of that area. Um, the ones who aren't related to anybody around them. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. I'm going to cut that. Uh, do you plan on making any videos of the Caribbean oh. seal? Or what? I've already forgotten what it's called. Sail? <laughs> yeah, the Caribbean sail. Maybe. Just I need more experience. Uh, and don't be surprised if I post any possible video clips that's going to come from Marvel's Avengers if I did a, a real badass combination of moves or something that is well-timed or a funny-ass glitch. Would that be in compilations like GTA and Red Dead? No. It, it's all separate single clips. Hmm. Although I may have to put up a playlist because if I keep piling up those kind of videos. Yeah. Which I'm sure one uh, day you'll see them just to get a kick out of it. I have seen them, dude. It's, don't talk about them. Uh, you find me on the internet on Twitter at Loki Jarrison and nowhere else. Uh, the website is the internet's worst. Internet. <laughs> The website is internetsworst.com. Uh, we're on iTunes and I think Spotify, although Spotify has been giving me fits because it's, it's missing the last few episodes. I have to fix that. I have no idea how. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.